the only podcast on the net, that when we think of Santa, we imagine him holding an axe. And when we think of ho, 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 it's followed up with, now I have a machine gun. <laughs> nice. I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And we have here the first of our uh, Christmas movies, quote-unquote winter movies. I should, uh, it's not strictly Christmas, but we'll get into that later. Um, we have a corrections, housekeeping. Um, Stephen brought this to my attention. Uh, In episode 29, I said that Carmack McCarthy wrote Shutter Island, when in actuality, it was Dennis Lehane. And my bad, because sometimes I get off on these rants and I start spewing about people I like or don't like, and then I start messing stuff up. But yeah, Carmack McCarthy, I'm not a huge fan, so I was like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, He did not write (laughs) Shutter Island. I actually, I like Shutter Island. It's It's a decent flick. Um, but that was not written by him, so uh, no, no, no fault to him. But that's all for housekeeping. Uh, I'm sure our listeners have plenty of other mistakes that we've made, and if so, please feel free to email us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com, and we will address every single correction that we need to make. Um, now we can jump into the roulette. All right. And last up episode, we had uh, Frogs and the Hunter. <laughs> um, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Uh, the Hunter, uh, 2011, directed by Daniel Nethheim, starring Willem Dafoe and Sam Neill. And the uh, movie is about Martin, a mercenary, and which would be uh, Willem Dafoe's character, is sent from Europe by a mysterious biotech company to the Tasmanian wilderness on a hunt for the last Tasmanian tiger. Good storyline, good plot synopsis, and good acting as well. Um, however, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you said you watched about a half hour of this, correct? Mm, something like that, and then I okay. ran out of time. Uh, this movie is uh, first off, it's it's extremely well shot. I want to give the the positives of it up front here. Well shot, well acted. I I like William Dafoe in almost anything. Uh, I think the guy's a great actor. Uh, the storyline itself is is really good. It has a uh, um, a good message behind it as far as saving saving very endangered species, saving environment. Uh, however, <laughs> I was totally on board. I mean, I was like serious on board uh, until and it, it, honestly, this movie kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, George Clooney's The American. Very much a character study piece. Mm-hmm. And I was on board. I mean, then there was a, a group of guys that, uh, you know, loggers that are out to thwart anything that he's doing. There may be a murder that's involved there. Someone else that was looking for these Tas- Tasmanian 
uh, Tigers. Uh, however, uh, it it starts to become way too art house ish for me, and uh, everything that's set up, he he fall he he connects with this uh, fatherless family, this 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 uh, widower and her two kids, and um, they're setting things up quite well in in that department, and uh, and then. It, it, so many times movies do this, they just completely and totally drop the ball in the last act. And this movie is such a huge, major ball dropping at the at the last 20 minutes. It's like, oh man, what are you thinking? And uh, it, it, I gave it two and a half stars, and that's being very generous. And and halfway into this movie, I was like, this is this is at least three and a half. But the stupid twist that they do in this movie, I'm like, oh, it's everything for me to give even give it two and a half. I hated that. Um, and it, and they did it, they did it almost for, they, they wouldn't have had to go the direction that they did. And they did it just simply, I, I guess I'm not sure why they did it, but it didn't work at all. It did not work for the movie. It didn't work with the, for what they were going for. And I did not, I didn't like it. So I'm going to unfortunately give it a, even though it's two and a half, that still in my book would be considered a thumbs down, at least for myself. It's a very marginal thumbs down, but it's still, with that bad of an ending, I can't recommend the movie. I understand what you're saying, and I, I sense that that was very possible, even from the 20 minutes or so that I watched. Although, I mirror what you said, it was very well shot and well acted, yeah. and it seemed good, but it was sort of like... I haven't heard too much about this, so where is this going? That kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll probably take that off the list, because it's not one that I was, like, gung-ho that I have got to get on top of this. Yeah, I I enjoyed it for the most part. I'm like, this is a solid movie. And then, like I said, towards the end, I'm like, oh, no, come on, you're screwing the pooch here. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) so. Okay, well, uh, anything else to add? That's it. Yep, that's it for me. Okay. Uh, on my side, I had frogs. A group of hapless victims is invited to an island estate crawling with evil frogs. Because, you know, frogs tend to be evil. Yes, they do. Um, <laughs> starring Sam Elliott. Very young Sam Elliott. And it's interesting to look at a young Sam Elliott because as long as I've been alive, he's been old. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I'm not going to mince words this movie gets a thumbs down from me but i'll tell you it it might have been might have had a different take on it if i had been watching it with you and the boys and some drinks or i had been watching a mystery science theater version of it where they i was literally watching an episode of it but watching it by myself it was just head slapping i mean it's total mystery science theater but one of those where the only way you can get through it is it's a mystery science theater gotcha it's not it's not one where you're like oh you need to check this out no you don't Okay. It was uh, Sam Elliott plays a character called Pickett Smith, and uh, he meets a woman by the name of Karen Crockett, uh, played by Joan Van Ark, uh, and he goes to her father's estate. That's the estate they're talking about. I have no idea what the deal was with all the animals going nuts, and it's called frogs. But there's it's not all about the frogs. It's about Pretty much all reptiles. I mean, pretty much all the animals in this island are going nuts. Don't know why. Okay. Maybe it's because I wasn't paying close enough attention, or I couldn't pay enough attention because you just kind of nod off while this is happening, this movie. Yep. Um, 
but it was mostly reptiles. At least half of this movie is stock footage. Literally half this movie oh, is stock footage. Ouch. And the parts, even with the parts of the animals that you could tell weren't stock footage, they're zoomed way in on the animal because you you know that just off frame there was some extra shoving the animal into frame. <laughs> especially, especially with the frogs when those did happen. Um, there's a lot of excuses to get Pickett's Sam Elliott's shirt off. He's taking his shirt off all the time. Show them rippling muscles of the young Sam Elliott. Um, there's lots of reptiles being thrown into frame. You know, that, that you can tell. Here they come, jumping into frame. Snakes and alligators and frogs. Um, about three-fourths of the way through our ma- female lead, when, when things are starting to really uh, all fall apart, and all the animals are attacking or whatever. I, I don't understand what was happening, but she is freaking out, and so they show stock footage, tortoise. Here's this big-ass tortoise in the water. And she's like, ah, and screaming. So what does she do to get away from it? She goes into the water, which makes no sense. No. And she is literally standing in water that is so shallow, I can see the bumps on her, the sides of her ankles. You know what I mean? It's two yeah. inches. And then she's acting pr- acting like she's stuck. And here comes the tortoise. And this tortoise, obviously, was not paid and was not acting. And it was just kind of swimming. Just, just, just hanging out. Maybe walking a little bit. And she's screaming. And they keep zooming in on the tortoise because... I think because you didn't want to see the extra's hands pushing it forward... I mean, it, it was just like, come on. And then she's screaming, and, and they zoom in on her face, and they zoom on the tortoise, zoom on her, zoom on the tortoise, and then it cuts. And you assume, well, I guess the tortoise got her, because these reptiles are killing people, supposedly. And then she's literally in the next scene. And, and you're just like, what? What the hell? And every time they see a reptile, they're all freaking out. Now, this is like in the south somewhere. I assume like Louisiana or something in a swampy area where they're used to seeing these animals every single day in their backyard, but they would be in a canoe and then they'd see a snake swimming in the water, stock footage, and then they would have to jump out and kill it with an oar and everybody is just screaming bloody murder and I'm just like, why? Why? Just keep paddling? I don't. What's the problem? Uh, anyway, uh, then there were lots of shots of the, um, the landowner, the big whatever... He's in a wheelchair, and he's in his mansion, and he's inside the house, and they keep showing uh, all the frogs outside, like, of course, yeah. to, to say that the frogs are attacking, or they're uh, invading. But every time they shoot through the door, the glass door, to show the frogs outside, all the frogs are jumping away from the house. Oh, <laughs> uh, this sounds terrible. It was terrible, and it was a chore to get through, but at the same time, I was too committed by the time it got that bad. And I was just like, forget it. We'll just, it's on the background and I'm watching it. But I, awful. I give it like a one out of ten. It was terrible. It was not enjoyable on any level. So that was a complete fail. Okay, well, that's good to know. Because every now and then some of those old uh, creature feature or, you know, nature run amok movies are quite enjoyable. But... I know, and I'm usually pretty easy going on them, but this one, I just couldn't wait for it to be over. And, and like I said, if it was us all hanging out and drinking, we, we'd, we'd be making fun of it, and it would be bearable. But yes. I was watching by myself. It was not. 
Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, duly noted. Deleting it off of my Facebook list. Yeah, you don't need to watch that one. And, and there's there's no surprises. You've seen ten of these movies, and you're you're missing nothing. Okay. So let's move on to the next round. And okay. With this round of the roulette, uh, as always, I go and look at what's recently added to Netflix, and I'm sure oh, me you too. do the same. Oh, and yeah. And there were at least two of... I have one, two, three... I have five movies here. At least two of them, I was like, I will bet money Eugene has added this for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm debating if we meet up on one. I'm curious what we should do. Should we should share we responsibilities? Share responsibilities, or we could make it ineligible, for, or, better yet, we could um, have to pick different movies, and since we both pick the same movie to be on the roulette, we both have the responsibility to watch it before the next pod. Ooh. So you know what I mean? It wouldn't count yeah. as our roulette pick, but we would be committed to both watching it. Yeah. I'm kind of leaning that way. What do you think? Yeah, so if we if it's if now you say there's a couple so if there's a couple like do we have to watch I, both one. of those I, I think there's one that I'm all, I'm pretty sure if there's okay. two we'll we'll just pick one okay okay I'm gonna let you yeah. go first okay okay well um <laughs> get it right was, yeah here was my picks for you uh, okay <clears throat> first one is. Let me just pull up. There we go. From 2013, a movie called Hide and Seek. I uh, almost from, added that one, but I didn't. <laughs> oh, it sounds good. Uh, it's a, uh, I think it's a South Korean movie, A Missing Brother, uh, Hide and Seek Codes, a shocking truth for two different families and the struggle to save their families from someone who is already living inside their house. And it sounds really, really good. Uh, I... I have a feeling that it is going to be a a good movie, um, but you you never know it it could end up being a joke. Uh, so right hide time. and seek that uh, one hundred seven minutes. So in about an hour and forty five minutes. Okay. Uh, next up is uh, this is one that I've run across and I haven't jumped on it yet. So I wanted to put it on there. It gets fairly decent reviews, and I I like this this story. It's a based on a true story, at least in theory, I guess. But um, so, well, yeah, I'll just get into it. Uh, movie's called Donner Pass from 2012, and it's uh, Donner Pass has a well known and macabre history. The place where George Donner and his party got stuck in the winter of 1846, and were forced to resort to cannibalism to keep from starving, but was it? But what if it wasn't just history? Mm. Uh, so anyway, I thought it sounded good, and it might be not good. But I'm gonna, you know what? I'm like that might be one that I want to cross off my sure. list. So okay, uh, cool. Okay. Next up is this. Uh, I'm not sure what to make of this one. It's called Rhymes for Young Ghouls. I, another one that I almost added. Uh, it, I love that. T- the title of that movie is awesome. And it's not a horror movie. It's a drama. 2013. Um, Red Crow Mig Mac Reservation. It's 1976. By government decree, every Indian child under the age of 16 must attend residential school. In the Kingdom of the Crow, that 
means imprisonment at St. whatever that means, <laughs> being at the mercy of Popper, the sadistic Indian agent who runs the school. I think that sounds great. The cover looks awesome. I'm going to eventually, well, I'm going to watch that regardless if one of us picks that or not. So, anyway. Cool. Uh, next up is a movie called Heavenly Sword. And the animated one, one? I believe so, yes. Um, Based on a video <laughs> game? Yes, and that's the reason I added it. I'm like, Heavenly Sword, isn't that a, a video game? And so I I, 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 I can scratch it off. I watched the first 20 minutes, and ooh. you know that what an animated freak I am. Yes, I do. And that, ooh, it's boy. it's looks like a PS2 cutscene. Like the oh. animation is very, yeah, I, I like okay. I couldn't even. I just I got bored and deleted it because there's okay. so much else that I would rather watch. And you know how forgiving I am on animated stuff. Yeah. So I skipped that one. Okay. Uh, then the last one is Warlock Space Pirate. Oh, I'm sorry, not the last one, not the last one. Warlock Space Pirate is uh, the next one. I've watched and reviewed that one on the show. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should watch it, though. It's a good movie. It really, oh, okay. it, it, the, the, the graphics or the animated style and everything, is, is the visuals are amazing. Okay, it, it all gets, right. It's a little Japanese, but... It, where you're kind of going, what is exactly is going on? But it's so beautiful what you're looking at that you won't care. But that's okay. that's one that you should check out if you're in the mood for that that kind of flavor. Okay, all right. Well, if that's the case, then I'm going to throw back, uh, come back to me, uh, which I had last week. That that was another one that uh, that I thought the it, the premise sounded good and it it might be good. After a car accident, a woman suffering from blackouts, anxiety attacks, and lucid uh, night terrors sets up a hidden camera revealing a horrifying reality. I think that that sounds really good, and so sometime one of us is going to end up watching that, I'm sure of it. <laughs> and uh, last but not least... Pregnant people, yeah, again. Yes, you see, yes. <laughs> of course, the last one would be The Strange Colors of Your Body's Tears. Yep, looks like we'll both be watching that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's number one on my list. Yep, I, and I knew it would be. As soon as you said, oh, there's one here, and I'm like, yep, I know which one that is. <laughs> that was it. Go ahead and yep. read the synopsis, though. Okay, uh, let me just find it here, because I'm, I'm both on IMDb and I'm also on Netflix. Strange Color of Your Body's Tears. In this dizzying thriller, a businessman is plunged into a surreal world as he attempts to unravel the mystery of his wife's disappearance. And uh, the cover screams 70s giallo, and everything about it screams uh, Italian giallo. It is a French movie from what, I, from what I'm looking at here. Did you watch the trailer? Yes. Wow. Wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there you go. <laughs> well, we'll both be watching that one. Uh, look for our reviews. On <laughs> yes. We'll both be uh, mutually diving on that grenade. Yeah. But it, I did see some... Uh, Independent Film Festival Awards come across the trailer. So, <coughs> I thought that me. was yeah. good. That's a good sign. That's a usually. good sign. Yeah. So it, but you know that mm. one there, it's French. So that one there, it could be more art, art house than than uh, than Jalo. So I, I'm not right. sure what to think of it until we actually watch it. I have no idea. It actually kind of reminded me of um, oh, what was that one? I didn't even finish it. You did. Uh, Black Rainbow. What was that? Do you remember? Oh yes, yes. Under the so, bl- over the Black Rainbow, or something like that. Yeah, that was. Yeah. 
It was just so bizarro. Just, and that's kind of what this reminded me of, just completely bizarro, but one that was like, ooh, I gotta check that out. Yeah. So what's okay. your first choice, then, of those? Oh, man, if- this is tough, man. I, I mean, I've got my three, which is Hide and Seek, Donner Pass, Rhymes for Young Ghouls. But I'm, oh, boy, I don't know. That Donner Pass, that wasn't Asylum, was it, you know? I don't think so, but you just never know. <laughs> you never know. Oh, uh, man, I'm just, like, really throwing the dice on this one. Because that could be a complete turd, and... Yeesh. You know, any of these three that you really want me to watch? Um, of all of those, personally, Hide and Seek and Rhymes for Young Ghouls would be the top two for me, other than The Strange Colors of Your Body's Tears. Uh, oh, we're but, watching that. Yeah, so... I'll take the Rhymes for Young Ghouls. Okay. That'll, and then the Donner Pass and Hide and Seek will be my backups. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Okay, well, my number one is The Strange Color of Your Body's Tears, as yep. we said, so we'll both be watching that. Next up will, is a, also a, <clears throat> probably up for all kinds of awards this year, from 2014, Drive Hard. A former race car driver is abducted by a mysterious thief and forced to be the wheelman for a crime that puts them both in the sight of cops and the mob. And the reason I added it is because it's starring John Cusack and Thomas Jane. Ooh. Right. Okay. But 95 minutes, direct-to-video action with those guys. So Uh. as far as direct-to-video action goes, you know how dicey that can be, but it's got a couple of names in it, so maybe it's not horrible, maybe? We can only find out. Um, (laughs) Next... Next is one that's been in my queue for uh, some time, and it's called Barbarian Sound Studio from 2012. Do you hmm. have you watched that? No, no, I have no. not. What's it called again? Berberian. It's B E R B E R I A N. Sound Studio, starring Toby Jones, um, and this is kind of a thriller horror. A sound engineer's work for an Italian horror studio becomes a terrifying case of life-imitating art. It's a guy mixing sound for a horror movie and then realizes that maybe it has some basis in reality. Oh. But the trailer was fantastic. It's 90 minutes. I'm absolute. I I can't wait to watch it. It wants some uh, independent film circuit stuff. Um, It looks awesome. Okay. Um, next, I am throwing this back at you. You threw it at me last time. I'm going to throw it at you because one of us is going to watch this damn thing. The Baby from 1973. <laughs> <laughs> 86 minutes. Not going to spend a lot of time on that. And yeah. another one that I'm throwing back on is um, from 2014. Is this documentary about this uh, filmmaker called Mr. X. It's 73 minutes, so it's extremely short. Um... And of course I can't find the synopsis, but it's about, a, I believe, a French filmmaker. And I believe a lot of his movies have just come on um, Netflix. And I have not heard of him. It's like, his name is like Leo Creole, X's and U's. A lot of okay, them. yeah. Um, and uh, it said that he went into a self-imposed exile because his movies were so weird or something. I don't know. That was The synopsis was kind of mysterious. But I like all documentaries about filmmakers, and that was one yep. where it's like, I need to, it sounds like something I need to educate myself on. 
there you have it. Okay, well, I am uh, going with, after hearing those, uh, I think my choice is going to be uh, the baby. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang it, I was hoping you'd go with the sound studio, but that's okay. Oh, uh, that was, that was, it was neck and neck, but when you threw the baby back, I'm like, okay, we need to, we need to get this one crossed off the list, so I'm going to dive on that one. Okay. And your other two? Uh, next up would be the Barbarian Sound Studio. Okay. And then, uh, Mr. X, I looked at the reviews on Drive Hard, and every one was, like, one star. I'm like, eeeeeee. Yeah, it looks uh, bad. After, yeah, after sitting through the, uh, meh, uh, uh, limousine movie that should have been good <laughs> and wasn't that, yeah, I'm like, oh, nah, so. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, yeah, so Baby, Serbi, uh, Bur- Barbarian, and then Mr. X will be the, uh, the list there. Cool. Well, I can't wait to... Uh, this is going to be a good one. Uh, plus, we both have to watch The Strange Color of Your Body's Tears. Yeah. Now, now, what if the movie ends up sucking? Like, in the first 15, 20 minutes, should we, are we going to barrel through the thing and watch the whole thing? It's an hour and 40 minutes long. I say uh, we, we have to give it at least 30 minutes. Okay. Like our normal rules, and then if we want to bail on it, we can bail on it. But okay. we, since we both added it, we'll both give it a shot. Yep, sounds good. Okay. And I'm looking That's, forward to that one. That yeah, that thing looks crazy good, but yeah. you never know. You never know, yep. Okay, well, let's move into our um, first episode of our Christmas movie special for December. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. Now, we, uh, like many uh, movie freaks, we have a list of movies that we like to watch every year around December, and it's not necessarily Christmas movies so much as it winter movies and Christmas movies. Just movies that you watch this time of year. And we were uh, debating about this um, while we were setting this uh, bit up. You were like, does it have to be Christmas? Does it have to be set on Christmas? No. I don't care if it's The Thing with its winter setting or The Shining with its winter setting. It doesn't, or, you know, uh, Elf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't ha- Santa Claus the movie. It doesn't have to be set at Christmas. But ones that put you in the mood to watch and these aren't even ones that I watch every single year it's yeah, just around here. this time of year that I end up watching them and I uh, we're doing um, five each for the month of December each episode yep and mine are going to get progressively better I saved the best for last is that how you did your list as yep. well that's okay. how I did my list too yep I wouldn't be surprised if our last five all line up but that's I think so too yeah I <laughs> are very very close very close um, now to start off my uh, list, obviously, since I did um, save the best for last, I ended up putting the worst at the bottom. <clears throat> and most of these are in kind of no particular order. But these are ones that I tend to watch around Christmas time. Number one, Elf. Get roped into watching this every year because it's my wife's favorite movie for Christmas time. And it's a good movie. I enjoy it. But. And it gets a little tuggy at the heartstrings, which fades a little bit every year. It's still funny, and I enjoy it in the early watch. Okay, not too painful, no big deal. But uh, a lot of people love it. But eh. yeah, I love I love that movie. That would be on one of uh, my top ones. I love Elf, uh, and and that one has a little bit of sentimental value. That was, uh, I believe, that was the first movie that Joni and I watched together uh, on a date. We double dated with Jeff and uh, Becca. And we went and watched that movie, and so it has kind of a sentimental value to it. But I, sure. that's one that I watch with my wife every year, and we—it's one of those that because we both enjoy it so much, and sometimes it's hard to find 
common ground on movies, that it makes it more enjoyable. Sure. So. You want to just bounce back and forth? Sure. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. That sounds good to me. Um, okay. So uh, you got Elf. So and now being that's going to be way higher on my list. We'll cover it again. Me. Okay. Yeah, just yeah. We'll okay. just if it if we double up on one in the same week, we'll just chat about it, check it off, okay. move on to the next one. Okay. Well, the bottom. Very bottom of the list for me, and I hesitate even saying it, but I've watched it twice, and I am gonna. I, I know I know me, and I know that I'm gonna watch it again, uh, and that is the Silent Night remake, the remake to Silent Night Deadly Night, uh, and and I hate to even bring this movie up because it really isn't good, uh, but it's a killer Santa Claus, and there's a couple good kills, and it's a slasher movie, and so I have to watch it. Uh, the first time I watched it, my expectations were so high that I actually enjoyed it more than I uh, more than I should have, if that makes sense. Yes. I was like, okay, that wasn't bad. And then I watched it the next year over Christmas. I'm like, oh, this isn't good at all. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to probably watch it again. Damn it. <laughs> oh, you're um, so hard to read on horror movies. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's the Silent Night remake, and it's a Canadian filmmaker that has not done anything remotely good. I've watched a couple of this guy's other movies, and I actually think the guy's name is Stephen Miller. I'm being totally serious. I think that's the director's name is Stephen Miller. Uh, well, if um, there's anything our buddy at Cinema Sidekicks would direct, it would be a horror remake from the early 80s. <laughs> yes, uh, but it's just, it's, it's, everything is forced. And I don't want to get into Silent Night, Deadly Night yet. So I'll just say that they took everything that made Silent Night, Deadly Night so good and kiboshed everything and did this generic direct-to-Netflix feeling movie that isn't good. Uh, so I, that's about all I want to spend the t- my time on with that movie. Although, uh, I'm going to probably end up watching it again. Damn it. If it makes you <laughs> feel any better, I, I have movies that are ten times more reviled than that movie coming very quickly. Yes. So, <laughs> Um, actually, I saw a Silent Night Blu-ray real cheap at an exchange store today, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Even though your review was so bad, I was like, I kind of got to see that because of how much you I should love the see original. It some, yeah, you should see it. I'm, I, I well, wish it I'll borrow out. it from you first, or it comes on Netflix or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. Okay, next up, uh, Home Alone. <laughs> I remember watching this movie in the theater, and as... I know, but as bad as it, it is now, even, even still, it has its moments that are still funny, and it's still a Christmas... Feel, I, it's not any worse than half these movies on here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't watch it. That's not one that I watch every year. That's one that you watch, like, every five years, and it's good for the yeah. kids, because the kids, yep. you know, empowered, fighting off yeah. the criminals and whatever. Not going to spend a lot of time on that. Everybody's seen it. Yep. Got it. Okay. Okay, next up for me is, uh, there's a couple at the very bottom, and you know what, I'm just going to keep right on rolling with the horror. Uh, Christmas Evil. Uh, I've given that movie several chances, and again, it's another one that I'll probably end up giving another chance to. It's another kill- It's another killer Santa Claus movie, but it's not really. Uh, it's about a mentally disturbed guy that is going through issues over Christmas, and he's upset with work and this and that and the other thing, and then he wants to take it out on 
happy-go-lucky Christmasers, holiday shoppers, whatever. Well, is, this, is this a recent movie, an older movie? I've never even heard, I don't no. think I've heard of it. 1980. It was originally titled the, uh, it was originally titled You Better Watch Out, and then it was renamed Christmas Evil. And everything about it sounds cool, and the cover looks great, and it's boring and slow, and it's, it's not a horror movie. It's more of a psychological thing where a guy is slowly going crazy. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night did, I'm guessing, get its inspiration, some of its inspiration from this movie. Uh, I've watched it a couple times, and I probably will watch it again, and it's one of those that every, I don't know, maybe every ten years I'll, I'll watch it, but it's one that I wanted to at least mention. Sure. So. I've got, I've actually got one on this list that I haven't even seen yet. I own it, and I haven't seen it. I wanted to just put it on there so I could talk to you about it. Okay. Uh, but that will be a couple episodes from now, in case I get a hair and finally get it watched. Okay, next up. National Lampoon's <coughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which I try not to watch every year, and yet somehow I end up watching it every year. I don't even own it, and it gets less funny every single year. I know everybody loves this movie, but I've seen it. Maybe I've just seen it too many times, but I, I, it gets to a point where I'm just like, oh, I get it. You're emptying your... Uh, your poop into the gutter. Ha, 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 you're so crazy. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Back to me? Sure, why not? I mean, who uh, hasn't seen Christmas Vacation? You know what? I'm going to actually add that one as well. I'm just, let's just take care of that because I don't want to bring that one up again. <laughs> so Christmas Vacation for me as well. It's one that I watch every year. And um, Eric is right. It gets less funny every time. Although... It's still, when it's done, it's harmless, it's good for a couple laughs, and a couple feel-good moments, and, you know, Chevy Chase is funny in it, but uh, for, for, for me, if I would have my choice between that and Funny Farm, which Funny Farm, the reason I bring up Funny Farm is that it actually ends at Christmas, um, but it's not a Christmas movie, it really isn't, it just ends on a, on, in a holiday theme, uh, Funny Farm is way better than this. In, I in my love opinion. Funny Farm. Yeah, Absolutely that's a great movie. movie. That's one of the best PG-rated comedies I've ever seen. That it's that full of laughs without being raunchy. I, I'm impressed. But uh, anyway, Christmas Vacation. It's good. It, but it's not as good as it was back in the '80s. <laughs> yeah, right. So anyway, moving on. Um. Okay. Now here's a movie that I've. Uh, <clears throat> ripped on many and many and many and many a time, and yet somehow and if it gets a little snowy outside and I hear the jingle bells jingling, and I go, man, maybe I should watch that again. And that's Batman Returns. Oof. Uh, yeah, oh, I know, boy. but I know, but it, I can't help it. It's during a snowy time, and Batman's out there kicking ass, and I can't help it. If I'm ever to pull that movie out again, it's always during winter. So therefore, yeah. it qualifies for this segment. And then I cringe and groan, but it still has its pros and cons. They're just, uh, the Batman freak in me gets so irritated at all the murdering that Batman does. Anyway. Okay, well, actually, (laughs) it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm going to do a Tim Burton movie as well. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, Just just (laughs) terrible. (laughs) Uh, This is one that... uh, that I we watch almost every year, not maybe in every other year viewing, and it's set it, around the holidays. But it's got the wintry setting, and um, it's another one that my wife and I both agree on and watch, and we enjoy it. And Johnny Depp is 
in his weirdest, most pedophile looking... Oh, it's so creepy and yeah, weird. Um, and I'm going to throw a flag on that call because you haven't seen the original, have you? I have not. No, I've oh, never watched the original. so wrong. The original is so much better, so darker and creepier without feeling molestery. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, but Gene Wilder doesn't wear really, really big Paris Hilton sunglasses, so eh. <laughs> uh, Gene, Gene Wilder is so great in that movie. Oh, it's phenomenal. Huh, I, sh- I should watch that one. But, you really uh, should. Yeah. I watched that. I watched the remake once, and that, I was like, I will never watch this again. But then again, I have a bias against Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. Um, okay. Anything else to add to that? No? Okay. Nope, that's... that's eh. Now, as I finish chiding you for liking that movie, I'm going to <laughs> go on and champion a, another terrible movie that the whole entire world hates. And you know what? I admit, it's a bad movie. But I can't help but watch it every now and again. And I... I Usually it happens to be in a wintry setting because there's a lot of Santa Claus pulling a heist. They all dress up like Santa Claus and go rip off a casino in this movie. Oh. And this is directed by John Frankenheimer, who directed oh, yeah. the masterpiece Ronin. Okay, he's yep. a good director. Yes, he is. And somehow... Somehow, Brett, Ratner, somehow and, he directed it, but Brett Ratner was actually the real director. Oh, just... it's it's close. But then again, I just watched Hercules, which we'll get into in recently watched. <laughs> He's not as it's not as bad as that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and of course I'm talking about Reindeer Games. Yes. Now the director's cut of this movie was was uh, was a lot better, but mm-hmm. it's still very rough. But there's still some very positive stuff in this. Gary Sinise, I love Gary Sinise. Even when he's in a bad movie, I still like him. I, it yeah. still makes it watchable. I'm, ben Affleck's good. Charlize Theron is good. I just, I like it. I like the cast. And I'll tell you, I could name 50 movies in the last, ten, since this came out, that are a million times worse than this movie. Yeah, I, I'm admitting, it's a bad movie. But I still pull it out every now and then. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense, and th- th- that was that. Uh, in my opinion, that movie is more of a missed opportunity because there is a lot of good in that movie, and it should have been really good. But there's just something that's kind of off. You know those movies that there's just something that's just it not is. quite yeah. working. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely. So, I, I, there, there's no real defense in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's even almost a tonal shift. Like sometimes it's. Well, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, let's spend a lot of time breaking down freaking reindeer games. Anyway, yeah, it's 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 something. You see. <laughs> it's a thing. Do you it's have anything else? Uh, back to you. Uh, yeah. That... Uh, you want me to do one more? I can do one more. It's up to you. I, I, I did we cover all of uh, what you have marked off for this episode of this special edition? Um, I can. Before? You know, let me cover one more. Uh, Go ahead. Just because I, I I really want to on this one here. It's it's uh, uh it's funny. I just I just got done watching it and it's it's a part of an anthology movie and it's it's just a twenty minute movie and then they're actually they actually remade that short movie in the eighties and that would be Tales from the Crypt and uh, the reason I bring that up is uh, the original movie from the early early seventies did a segment called An All Through the House and then Tales from the Crypt the HBO show remade that and both versions are kick ass. Uh, it's uh, a murderous wife 
she offs her husband and she's got her daughter in the house and she's trying to dispose of the body when she hears on the radio that there is a psychopath that's loose out of the insane asylum and he's dressed up like a Santa Claus and he happens to show up at her house and so she can't call for help because she just killed her husband and there's a killer Santa Claus trying to get in and both versions are great. Uh, the only reason that I'm not bumping it up higher is because it's only a 20 minute movie in in a much lo- especially the original is it's in a much larger movie that you know doesn't focus on Christmas but it does it's a Christmas setting very Christmas setting obviously and both versions are really really good and uh, I just wanted to men- make mention of those. No, that's fine, so. and by no means is are, uh, are these lists going to be specifically this movie is better than this movie or anything like that. It yeah. just kind of was our enjoyment level rating yeah. leading up to to the end of uh, December. Yeah. Okay, well, unless you have anything else to add for our Christmas movie segment, we'll wrap that, wrap that up for this episode. And stay tuned. Yep. We got three more, and we're going to be talking about much better movies than we talked about this time. <laughs> yes. Yes, we will. And I'm glad we moved through this stuff fairly quickly because we need to get to recently watched because I have a shitload of movies that we need to talk about. Stuff that I've been backtracking and backtracking from from previous pods that's just been piling up. And uh, I don't know how much stuff you have. Um, Lots? Fair amount? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Uh. Let's just rapid fire back and forth and let's plow through this. Um. I'm going to do two real quick, and I'll kick it back to you. First off, okay. Prometheus, nothing recent. Oof. You love it or you hate it. I finished it. I loved it. I wish I had it in 3D. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still fantastic to watch, and I'm going to be pouring onto the special features soon enough. Um, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. And next, I teased this a couple of pods ago that I was watching Sabotage and that it was terrible and <laughs> yes. that I wanted to see how bad that it was going to get and I was going to hang around for that, I gave up. So, you know, oh, big, really? big fat old no score for Sabotage because I couldn't even get through the thing. That thing sucked. Yes, well... I, I did finish I, it. I hated it. Now, no score for me. I quit wasting my time. Yeah, okay. Uh, for me, oh, oh boy, where do I start? Okay, I'm going to get... I, I don't like to spend too much time on new release stuff. I let that up to the guys over at Cinema Sidekicks. It's fine. Uh, but, I got some new release stuff. I, whatever you want to okay. do, man. We're, okay. we're so, rec- recently watched is fair game. Okay. Uh, I want to cover Maleficent real quick. Yeah, because that's one that I didn't want to spend the time and money on going to watch in the theater. Although, I was interested in seeing it because of the cast, because of the big budget, summer movie. Uh, and the fact that that's yet another one that the uh, significant other and I can watch together. Uh, and I really liked the original story of Sleeping Beauty. And this is basically Sleeping Beauty, but retold from the villain's point of view, and they change things around. And for that reason, I do give that movie a thumbs up. Uh, very minor thumbs up. There's a lot that's kind of wrong with the movie, but I really like the fact that Disney went and... I thought that was a very novel approach to an old story that they, they did. That was the best part of the movie is the fact that they actually turned the story around like that. And, and it worked. It worked really well. But for me, almost every single person in this movie, and my wife even pointed this out too, every single person in the movie felt miscast. Um, even Jolie was okay and Angelina Jolie was okay, but even her... Eh, 
The, I know uh, what you. I know what you mean. I hate that. I hate, yeah. I hate it. Everybody was miscast, and the 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 king in the movie is played by and I. I, I his name uh, escapes me, but he was in uh, A Team and Elysium and um, uh, District Nine, the main star of District yeah. Nine. Yeah, okay. yeah, I know he He's a good actor. Totally miscast in this thing. Even my wife picked it out. She was like, "He was the king." Like, yeah, he was the king, and she was like, "He doesn't really fit." And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, I know at all. He doesn't fit at all." And every time he was in, and he's a good actor, it just totally yanked me out of the movie. I'm like, "Ah, yeah. damn it! He shouldn't be in this." So the special effects are really good. Um, it was worth watching at least once, but there there was things wrong with the movie, and it, it moved at, at it moved at a very kid friendly pace to where could have almost had more breathing room. It should have been a little bit longer to flesh some things out because it's like things happen a little too fast. And I'm not really complaining because the movie was not fantastic, but it was still like, eh. So anyway, three out of five stars for me. So there's okay. Maleficent. Um, next up I have from 2013. This might be one to check off your uh, roulette list. 2013, Legendary. Um... Starring Scott Atkins and Dolph Lundgren. Ooh, I I was looking at that tonight before the show. I was like, ooh, hmm. Travis and his team travel to China in search of what isn't supposed to exist. Their mission to capture a cryptid, which is wrecking havoc in a remote village, and they uh, need blah, 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 monster hunters. Um, Obviously, it's Scott Atkins. I'm already going to go, oh, maybe I should look at that. Then I, Dolph Lundgren, oh, maybe I really should look at that. Yeah. And then you go, they're monster hunters. And I'm going, okay, I'm watching this. Yeah. <laughs> Just please don't be Asylum or Sci-Fi Original. It wasn't Asylum. And it starts off very strong, and they have some great CGI in the beginning where they go after this gigantic killer bear thing. And it was sweet. And then about mm. the halfway point... Oh, it's, no. It starts to drop off, and it becomes a, a sci-fi original, but it's still kind of entertaining because they're chasing down this giant lizard thing, and it's still Scott Atkins and Dolph Lundgren, so you're kind of still in. And then by the very, very, very end, it's become Asylum. So it's up to you if you want to watch it. It's painless. I, I mean, as far as taking a nap on a Sunday afternoon and having something on in the background, and... So in that part, it's it's okay. You should. I would. You know. You could even watch the first half hour. is really pretty impressive. Um, but overall, eh, no. Yeah. Eh, this is a four and a half out of ten for me. It's just not quite good enough to cut it. Maybe a four. Gotcha. Which which sucks because he likes Scott Atkins. You want to see him kick ass. Instead, he's playing a scientist and running around not kicking ass. And there's oh. so much, so much dumb stuff in this movie with. Get out of the water! Get out of the water! Why are they're consist? They're going after this giant lizard thing in a lake, and they constantly go from big boat to smaller boat to smaller boat to even smaller boat, and it's like people are dying every time you go out, and yet you go to smaller and smaller vessels. What? Like nothing makes sense anyway. <sighs> um, also, real quick, speaking of giant critters, I watched Phase Four. Uh, the giant ant movie. Do you remember that? Oh not, man, not, not the giant ant movie, but the. the well, I told you, I'm I'm still looking for that movie about giant ants that I remember from childhood, and 
it's an ant movie. I got to watch it. And you know, I talked about. You know, I saw you, that. One, you right? talked about it, and you yeah. gave it a thumbs down. But you watched the whole thing, so it wasn't a total nightmare scenario. Yeah. And I think I liked it more than you. It, it was. I mean, it was watchable, uh, but not. It definitely was not the movie I was looking for. Uh, it had it had, <laughs> it had decent seventies flavor and it had some interesting things going on in it, but. Overall, I'd agree with you. Thumbs down. But I, did, I think you hated it a little more than I did. That's yeah. okay. Splitting hairs on a bad movie. whoop de Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, because you touched on kind of a, kind of sort of a sci-fi original, I'm actually going to talk about a sci-fi channel movie that I saw. And it's the second time I watched it, which means it was entertaining, actually. Uh, and uh, the way I actually watched it is probably more interesting than the movie itself. Uh, <laughs> the movie is called American Horror House. And uh, I've watched it twice now. And the first time I watched it was at my mom and dad's that happened to be on the Sci-Fi channel that night. And I'm like, eh, it sounds okay. And I watched it. And I'm like, that was actually pretty good. And it actually was pretty good. It actually has a good storyline. And I've been thinking about it. And I'm like, I want to watch that again. You can't find it anywhere. It's not on DVD. It's not on Blu-ray. It's not on Sci-Fi Channel. Doesn't have a streaming service. You can't watch it. So finally, Uh, Sci-Fi Channel has a a channel on Roku. But I wonder if it's on there. Doubtful. But they do have a they do have a streaming service where a lot of their current shows are on. Because this is a movie. What's it about? Um, uh, It's about this sorority house with. that's kind of maybe sort of haunted because of a murder that previously happened and uh, things are happening in the house that people are being trapped there by the ghosts and it's it's good. It's it, I mean, it's cheesy, but some of the effects are really good and the storyline, I don't want to give too much away because the storyline, I'm like, the storyline is actually pretty decent in this thing. And so I finally found a really poor version of it streaming online on some weird site. Shady. And you now have viruses. (laughs) Yes, more than likely, yes. And the quality was bad, but I'm like, I want to watch it again. And I watched it again, I'm like, I still enjoy that movie. That's still a decent movie. So, American Horror House. There you go. Okay. Um, I'm making a note of that. Yeah, if you ever see that, I would be curious what you'd think. I mean, it's, it's got the silly acting, and it it, but it, it's it's a Sci-Fi Channel original that is really trying to be something better than just a Sci-Fi Channel original, and it feels like that too. So I was I was impressed. I I'm it's sad to see that it, that it it should at least have a DVD release, or it should at least be on Netflix or something. Uh, but it's nowhere. It's not I'll on look, Amazon I'll, I'll, Prime. I'll look into that. I'll see if I can't find it in some of the exchange stores I get around to. Okay. Uh, okay, Nightbreed, Director's Cut, available on Netflix. Oh. Finally finished that up. Uh, long awaited from Clive Barker because that was a lot of studio interference and they would chop that thing up and turn it around and upside down, inside out, changing the character rules. I've heard about this movie for years, never got around to watching it, and it was it's something of legend about how much this thing was messed with. Yeah. And having never seen the theatrical cut, I was very curious to watch it uh the director's cut obviously and i liked it it's a good movie it's very weird 
and strange and very Clive Barker. And uh, a lot of parallels could be drawn to another Clive Barker movie, if I'm not mistaken, which is uh, Lord of Illusions. That was a Clive Barker movie, was it not? Yes, yes, it was. Uh, Very good movie. A lot of parallels with that movie. This is almost like a PG-13 version of that. It was. Yes, it was, I could see that. Yes. Yeah. Good. It's a good movie. I, again, it's not the greatest thing. That the the love thing at the end was so crammed in there. That didn't. Yes, not, I like, know. I was yeah. I was with the movie until that happened, and I was like, what? Yeah. Whatever. But uh, the, and the so, theatrical version, by the way, does not. It, it they jettison a lot of that stuff. Well, I'll, I'll give the movie a thumbs up, and I can imagine me going, you know, a couple years down the road, going, I need to watch that again and watching it again because of the. Very Clive Clive Barker is one of those guys that has a very specific feel to his movies. Yes, he um, does. I agree. And yep. mu- much like Lord of the Illusions, even with uh, dodgy special effects and stuff, it's like I gotta watch that again. Uh, that, yeah, was that, that, that was very that was unique. a solid movie. Yeah, yeah I like that movie. So, yeah, yeah I, I like it. Thumbs up. Uh, I mean, I'd probably give it like a six and a half uh, out of ten. Yeah, that's uh, so, that's so, very reasonable. Yeah, not home run, but it's it's one that definitely a checklist film because of the um, special makeup, special effects, and the the art design. Um, uh, Danny Elfman, I, I swear mm-hmm. to God, that guy wrote three minutes of music in 1978, and he has just been recycling it every single movie <laughs> since then. I, I defy anyone. If I put up a piece of the music from this movie and from Spider-Man 2, if you can tell the difference, then you're just some sort of Danny Elfman wizard. I, I, because there's, <laughs> there's no difference to me. <laughs> very irritating. I'm, I'm very interested in scoring movies and yeah. scores. I listen to them all the time, uh, all day long. And, man, his are just irritating. There, uh, He has some that stand out, the original Batman, stuff like that, but... Damn, dude! It's like it's the <laughs> same, the same friggin' beats every time. Like, come on, try something yeah. new. Anyway, okay. Um, well, I'm going to hit on uh, a Mario Bava movie that I just watched, and I've, I'm trying to watch. Obviously, if you know me and you listen to my show at all, you know I love Italian horror, and uh, Mario Bava is one of my favorite Italian directors. And I finally got to, a chance to watch. Uh, one of the movies that I have not seen from him, and under uh, more of the uh, a lesser known movie from him called *The Whip in the Body*, starring Christopher Lee. Uh, yeah, he was the he was the lead villain in it. Go figure. Of course, he's a villain, but it it was a it was a very very Italian movie, and I quite enjoyed it. It's very gothic feel. It actually it feels like a cross between a, a Hammer movie and a Hammer Studios movie and an Italian movie it's not really horror it has a couple horror segments in it but it's more of a uh ghost story gothic horror kind of i guess okay Uh, but i thought it was uh, it gets a thumbs up from me it's not my favorite from him but it was a good movie and christopher lee is he's christopher lee you know He's cool. He is, he's just such a. He's, he's cool. He's been in every movie ever. He's been in every movie ever made. So yep. But an, a whip in the body was another checklist for me for Mario Bava. I'm on a mission to watch all of his movies, and uh, so I'm glad I watched that one. It's it's not the best, but it's it's kind of the middle of the road for me on on his movies. Sure. Okay. 
Um, okay, I'm going to do a little double header of bad movies and then finish up strong. Um, okay. Hercules. Ugh. From 2014 with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and other good actors that somebody cannot direct. <laughs> <sighs> what a disappointing movie, man. I mean, all the elements... It, it's so frustrating when you look at a movie like this and all the elements are there. The writing isn't horrible. The acting is decent. The story is okay. And then it's like the directing and editing is so bungled. Like, what are you doing? Why are you constantly putting up text of where we are and this war and that war? Like, this is unimportant to everything else going on. Why? 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 And I just I just see Brett Ratner sitting back there counting hundreds going, uh-huh, yeah, cut, next. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, sure, that was a good take, next. Like. Yeah. Oh man, uh, I think I think when Brett Ratner directs films, he gets a sol- he he films for a solid nine to five, gets a good <coughs> eight hours of sleep every single night, and has no problem whatsoever whenever the studio has a suggestion. Sounds yeah. sounds good, sir. Sounds sounds good. good yes. yes. Oh oh, yes. it's a, another package of hundreds for me. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it yes. sounds good. Yeah, we can do that. I've yeah. never I, seriously has anybody failed more upwards than him. Like I, I know, it's I know. just amazing. But you know what? A lot of his movies have made money, so that's what the Hollywood machine is built on, and they're going to keep uh, giving him jobs as long as he continues to produce, you know, movies that make money. And that's just the way it is. But he, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, has very little artistic integrity. Is just part of the Hollywood cookie cutter machine that just keeps factory that just keeps pumping out the. Well, if we put the Rock in it and Brett Ratner directs it and this guy's in it and it's about uh, actiony kind of adventurey, then it'll make this much money. And as long as he's part of that machine, he's going to continue to pump out crap like this. Well, yeah, there you go. And somehow he, yeah, somehow he lucked into this. Uh, I, I just I've seen so many low budget movies. That are quality movies and with directors that should be given big budgets, and somehow this guy gets huge budgets. And I just they 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 only look at the numbers, and his movies yeah. can keep making money. X Men Three was the highest grossing X Men movie of the original trilogy. Yeah, there, I know. Just think about that. That's isn't that crazy? That's the way it is. It's built on yeah. money. It's a business. Yeah. Okay. Next up, the people that. T- so yeah, big. Uh, Eh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know what whatever. to do. It was watchable, I guess, but it yeah, was... Yeah. Eh. Anyway, four, four and a half out of ten. Nah. Thumbs down, but not like the worst thing. It's not an abortion of cinema or something like yeah. that. Next up we have The People That Time Forgot from 1977. And unbeknownst to me until this very moment, this is a sequel to The Land That Time Forgot. Uh, ben McBride organizes a mission to the Antarctic Waste to search for his friend who has been missing in the region for several years. And they fi- they uh, go to this island populated by primitive peoples and dinosaurs. And I'll tell you, for 1977, it's all stop motion and giant creature effects. Practical. Ooh, I like this. So this, I'll tell you what, looking at it from the right kind of eye, for 1977, this would have been the equivalent of a Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like, okay. this would have been mind-blowing in 1977. But, unfortunately, it's 2014. <laughs> it's very watchable film. If you appreciate those kind of effects and watching the big matte paintings and the dinosaurs lumbering around that look like papier-mâché, 
definitely check this one out. I had I had a blast watching it. It put a smile on my face. And as far as the story, who gives a crap? Sarah Douglas is in it. She was, uh, I recognized her right away. She was in Superman 2 and Conan the Destroyer. Do you remember, uh, is it Ringing the Bells? Uh, is this the hot little blonde thing? No, she was a brunette. She was the evil uh, Kryptonian woman oh, from yes, Superman yes, 1 and yes, 2. Yes, okay, yes. Gotcha. She was in Conan the Destroyer, the second Conan. She was yes. the evil witch, overlord, yes. whatever. Yeah, she's in this movie. But she's playing a uh, good character. So it was nice to see her in that. Like, I haven't seen all of a lot of her movies, but it was nice seeing her in that kind of role where it's like, she's okay. I, I had to go... She's a good actress. Like, there's some actresses that just play bitches all the time, and they're so good at it, you're like, well, she just must be a bitch. <laughs> Which gotcha. she did in, in Superman 1 and 2, and in that Conan movie, she was just evil. And you're like, well, that's maybe she's just being kind of typecast. But in this movie, she was, like, on the good side and a good, you know, kind of character, and she was very easy to like. So it was. This movie has good qualities, worth watching for those kinds of things. It's not. Uh, don't don't hurt yourself to see it. But if it's yeah. one you're gonna add to the list to check out on a lazy Sunday afternoon or whatever, it's good for that kind of thing. I enjoyed it. I give it a thumbs cool. up. I'd probably give it a, a passing grade, five and a half, six, something like that. And that's nice. about it. Back to okay. you. Um, I'm going to hit on two, and the one I'm going to spend just ever so, just briefly cover, and then I'm going to get into the other one. Uh, I did watch Godzilla again, since it's theatrical release, and this is the newest one. Uh, and I watched it in 3D on Blu-ray, and watching it on 3D Blu-ray versus the XD experience that I watched it the, the first time, doesn't have the same effect. Um, this movie has got a lot of rain and a lot of dark scenes, and personally, it doesn't have to be viewed in 3D to be enjoyed. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, it's a great movie. I, I thought it, it was a great kick-ass Godzilla movie. Everything that I would like in a Godzilla movie, this movie had. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. Uh, my first experience in the theater, this is one where the bigger and louder the, the screen, the better. Um, it's so bass-heavy, the Blu-ray is so bass-heavy that it's uh, you can't really watch it that loud. So I was actually not able to watch it that loud because the bass was so crazy. So it just, without it being really, really loud, it it definitely diminishes the effect of the movie. But it's still a great movie, uh, and I'm looking forward to hopefully more future installments of Godzilla. Mm. Good movie, though. So Yeah, I love that movie. I, I only watched it once, but I was... Almost taken aback by how good it was and how different from my expectations it was with the the limited amount that it showed some of the creatures and the way that it was always closing doors when stuff was starting to get good and I was like no I want more but that's basis leave them wanting more that's a that's a good thing I can't wait to watch it again and I I think my next viewing of it will be more honest than my current one because I'm. I'm just sort of like, I've only seen it once. It's still fresh. Yeah. Still in shock. Yeah. 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 And the first viewing for me was better. The first viewing, I was like, that, this is so good. Second viewing, it's, it's still great, but it wasn't quite as good as the theatrical experience, but it was still a very good movie. So, uh, and okay, then I'm going to wrap my mind up here. I'm going to touch on one other movie and this movie I actually covered on my show, but, and because I covered it on my show, I had to watch it again. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring it up on this show. 
uh, and that is the wonderfully bad movie uh, Witchery. Do you remember Witchery? I don't. Have I seen it? Uh, no. It's okay. from 1988, and uh, it's uh, Fabrizio Laurenti, also known as Martin Lulin, or Newlin here in the States, you see. It is, it's, it's so good. It's, oh, I watch it once a year, literally. It's like House of Clocks, House of Witchcraft, and House of Lost Souls. It's one of those few late 80s Italian horror movies that I love. And there's not many of them, but this is one of them, and this is bad, and it's great. Uh, David Hasselhoff is in, in this one, and Linda Blair. <laughs> Uh, and it's just, it's <laughs> such really, really, really bad actors go to this little island where there's this house that a witch used to have, and then stupid things happen, and it's hilarious and fake gory, and it's great. If if ever a movie screams you, Ned, Greg, and Eugene yeah. watching, eating pizza and drinking booze and laughing at, this is the movie, and... I I every time I watch it I'm like this is the perfect bad movie. Everything about this is great. So <laughs> Is um, it available on DVD or something? Can I find it somewhere? It, or, or, it or? is available on DVD. Uh I have it on DVD. Uh I mean don't plan on seeing it on Blu-ray anytime soon, but you really should watch it. It's it's so funny. I'll check oh it out. man, it's so it funny. Uh and again, it's like every time I watch it I'm like yeah, I'm going to watch that again next year. I can't wait to watch that again next year. And witchery, there you go. Awesome. So Okay, I'm going to wrap up Recently Watched with a high note, and that is uh, a movie that exceeded all of my expectations, and I'm giving to you with the highest of recommendations. I wouldn't even think to throw it on a roulette because you'll watch it anyway, and that is The Knights of Badassdom. Oh, I have about now. I haven't finished it. I've got about five minutes left or ten minutes. I have. I haven't, I'm right at the climax and thing. All hell's breaking loose. But there, zero chance you dislike. If you dislike this movie, I'll be shocked. I mean, it is so freaking funny. Peter Dinklage, and in the second half, it's getting gory. I'm surprised how much there's enough gore injected in there. You will be on board. But and I, I my biggest complaint would be I wish Peter Dinklage would be in more of it. He's only like in the first half, uh, but he's fantastic. And you uh, you gotta you gotta watch this. It's great. Uh, why did you include that on the on the roulette? Oh, uh, you I've watched, watched it. it though, so. I've watched. Yeah. I, I seriously, I have like five or ten minutes left. As soon as this pod's over, I can't wait to go finish it. But um, I had kids coming in the room, and and I've been kind of been watching it over the last couple of nights, and wife coming in, and then it's getting gory and monsters ripping heads off, and intestines being splayed all over the place. <laughs> oh, that's it, so me, dude. I'm you. I, I I just grin, grin the whole time. It's great, and you know it's one of those that we watch the trailer and we go, "There's no way it's that good. There's just no way it's that funny or entertaining," and uh, you know. It's a gem. I, I give it a, a thumb. So far, a thumb. It, like it would have to do. It would have to do some insane backflips for me to give it a thumbs down at this point. Like crazy. There's just no way that's going to happen. It's it's low budget, direct to video, but it's a comedy, and 
it's uh, Steve Zahn. I love him, and you love him. I know you do. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Heck He's yeah. so funny in this movie. Peter Dinklage kills it. He's only in the first half, but he absolutely kills it. Um, the chick from Firefly is in this. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, and she's awesome. The, the main guy, I recognize him, but I'm not sure what from, and he's kind of the pretty boy of this group, but he's not annoying or a douchebag. Okay. It's great. It's it's so... Fr- I, I, awesome. I have, I'm telling you, I have been loving it, and I can't wait to finish it up. And uh, I'm surprised here, because at, uh, at the third act, um, they uh, these fantasy role-playing dorks su- accidentally summon a succubus, and it's just been this guy's ex-girlfriend running around. I'm like, ah, it's been good and interesting. There's a little bit of gore here, mostly neck-biting and that kind of shenanigans. But then in the, in the third act, he starts saying some more spell stuff that he doesn't understand and things are happening. I'm like, what's going on here? And yeah, all of a sudden it's like gigantic demon creature. And I'm going, okay, is this going to be uber cheesy? And then it comes out and it's perfect. It's perfect. Oh, it's, it's on my list. Of it's course. It's just the right amount of cheese, not CGI, nothing CGI in this movie. All oh, practical good. splatter blasts, intestines, heads rolling, Oh man, it's I, I've been just been giggling and f- enjoying the blood all the way along, and um, and that's, that's that's it. High recommendation. I again, I haven't awesome. quite finished it off, but I've got about ten or fifteen minutes left. Nothing, nothing much. Um, gotcha. And then after that, coming soon, I've got because of your show, I'm going to be watching Inferno and Phenomena. Uh, are those both Argento? You're the you're the yes, horror guru. Yes, okay. those are the other those are the other two of my all time favorite Argento okay. movies. Well, I want to watch both of them, especially uh, since your last few episodes uh, of Cinema Soft Underbelly have really fired me up to get on top of that. I have them here; they've been sitting on the stack for a friggin' year, and I just haven't got on top of it. I love Suspiria, and I just haven't got on top of watching Inferno, the sequel, and Phenomena, which wherever the hell that falls, it just sounds so weird and cool. I gotta watch it. It's it's badass. Yes, it's it's cool. Do you have anything else to add to recently watched or a coming uh, soon? Uh, well, a coming soon. I've got just a couple here. Uh, I've actually got the stack over here on Blu-ray. Uh, I've got one called Bastards, and this is actually on Netflix. Um, I picked it up on the cheap, and it sounds really, really, really good. It's from a French filmmaker, but uh, it just it sounds really good. I'm not going to spend much. We're out of time. I almost so. put that on your roulette this week. Oh, well, I've got the Blu-ray <laughs> of it, so I'm going to be watching that. Okay. I'm going to be watching um, Sin City, A Dame to Kill For in 3D, yes. the sequel. Which, if uh, you're curious, here in Ohio, the exchange stores will not take any combo pack that does not have all of the combo in it. Um, This is interesting, considering how many of the quote-unquote combo packs I've bought that only have one of the elements in it. But today they they flat-out refused me. They said, nope, 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 will not buy it. So I own a 3D copy that I bought for two bucks that I can't watch or trade in. Uh, but eventually you might be able to. Or, yeah, eventually. You know. And again, it was only two bucks, so who gives yeah. a shit? Yeah. Um, okay, and then next up for me, I have a movie from 1973, I believe, called uh, Don't Look Now, starring Donald Sutherland uh, and Julie Christie. And it supposedly is a fantastic movie, so we shall see. Um, 
it's it's supposedly a masterpiece. And then the last one is, that I'm really looking forward to watching is from the director of Tetsuo and Tokyo Fist, and it's called uh, Kotoko. Uh, and uh, spell that it, K-O-T-O. K.O. <laughs> and it gets unanimous great reviews across the board. Oh, I can't wait to hear about that one. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to watch this thing. And it's, supposedly it's it's a tough watch. Uh, from what I'm hearing, it's a very, like, watching a woman go insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we shall see. But that is, that is like, I want to get the roulette stuff taken care of, and then the very next thing that I'm going to watch is probably that one. Okay. So... But those are the ones that I'm hoping to watch before our next episode, if I can. At least some of them. Right. Okay, wrapping up my coming soon. I started re-watching uh, Blade Runner, the final cut, because I got mm. the Blu-ray, which came with the digital copy, so I'm watching that. Um, I went on Big Lots. Uh, has a, a, a chain around here. I don't know if it's everywhere, but they had a lot of Blu-rays on sale on Black Friday, and they're still on sale. So I've been hitting every one of the big lots around that I can find. I got uh, the Blade Runner for... Uh, these are all $2.88 for these Blu-rays. I got Blade Runner, Final Cut. I got uh, the Wonder Woman. A lot of DC animated movies. The Wonder Woman one, which was totally kick-ass. And cool. today I got uh, Green Lantern First Flight for two eighty-eight, And ah. Superman Shazam, The Return of Black Adam. And I've actually seen both of these before, but I was waiting for them to get cheaper. $2.88 for a Blu-ray is freaking great. That so is great. I will I be rewatching both of these uh, very soon. As awesome. well as the Wonder Woman. I can't wait to show that one to uh, Miss Addison. Okay. And that's going to be it for the coming soon, and that's going to be it for this episode. If you have anything else to add? No, I'm good. I'm okay. Done. Then, as always, you can get a hold of us at MovieFreaksPod at Yahoo.com. We're on YouTube, Movie Freaks Pod Show. On Facebook, follow our Facebook page, Movie Freaks Pod. You can find us there. Uh, our vis- Please visit our friends, Cinema Sidekicks, CinemaSidekicks.com, and on iTunes, as well as Cinema Soft Underbelly, which has been knocking out of the park, even if I'm struggling to keep up because you're recording too many episodes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, it's good. I love catching up. I love going on a binge and uh, every week or two, and just all of a sudden, boom! I need three or four or five episodes. <laughs> it's good. Um, okay, that's good. gonna be it for this episode. As always, thanks for listening. I'm Eric Warner, and I'm Eugene Weaver. Bye. See ya.